welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you. Welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we will be talking about the films, The Theory of Everything, the, the 2014 AFI Fest, Gordon Mir Gibbons, Life on Normal Street, and the Gina Davis event. Right now I'm talking with Raven Devaney on the great film that's out, The Theory of Everything. How are you doing, Raven? I am doing very well. How about yourself? A little bit mad I haven't seen this film yet, but <laughs> other than that, fantastic. But keep, please tell us a little bit about the story of the film. Absolutely. So the theory of everything is absolutely incredible. Um, it sort of documents, in a fictional way, obviously, the early years of uh, Professor Stephen Hawking's and sort of um, his early years in college when he first decides what he wants to do with his life. And it really follows the relationship between him and his wife, Jane. And it goes through, you know, all of the struggles that he faces with being diagnosed with a motor neuron disease, um, with people questioning his theories and thinking that, you know, he can't do it and he can't, like, find what he's trying to find. And so it's really just a beautiful film that looks at sort of the personal life of someone that we kind of all know so well because, you know, Stephen Hawking's, we all know him on the science aspect, but um, it really just gives a look at his personal life in his early years. And that's why I love biography films. They mm -hmm. always show a different side to these historical figures a lot of times. Absolutely. So let's talk about one of the big parts I'm really excited to see is the acting by Eddie oh, <laughs> Okay, Oscar Buzz, let's see. What do you think about the acting in this film? Okay, well, I absolutely love Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, which are the main characters. Um, but as you know, Eddie Redmayne is like in Les Mis and, you know, a bunch of other stuff, and he's just incredible. And I personally think that this role is such, like, a complex role because, you know, something that I didn't know is Stephen Hawking's was actually, like, a very, very funny person. Like, he's so funny and charismatic and, like, a little bit awkward, and he's just such, like, a cool person. And so the fact that Eddie Redmayne was able to, you know, take on that personality, but also also be able to show the physical transformation. I think that is so incredible. The fact that he was able to show the physical transformation of the disease sort of taking over him and also um, the character development of kind of, you know, coming to terms with what's happening to him and struggling to find ways around the disease and, you know, continue to be one of the most brilliant minds ever. And so I think he did an incredible job, and it's not an easy role at all, and he completely nailed it. And then um, Felicity Jones, who I absolutely adore, she's in a lot of other movies that I really love, um, like the movie Like Crazy, which I'm obsessed with. Um, she did an incredible job, because her character development is also really, really incredible, because she sort of starts off as like this really sweet, you know, a sort of carefree girl and she really has to grow up over the course of the film because not only is she taking care of her husband she's also taking care of three children and you know you really just see how she grows and how she struggles but becomes you know a better person because of the challenges so it's very cool it sounds great and i love that we're able to see the character development from the supportive relationship between these two characters so does that make it kind of a both film film but almost sort of a romantic film about the process of um, relationship and it's, the time of needs 
it's definitely a romantic film, but it's not like a chick flick in no way. Um, because I know a lot of people were like concerned about that, but it definitely it definitely is very romantic because it is it, the main focus is their relationship. But I think something that's so beautiful about the relationship is the fact that um, they they show that love can prevail over over anything. Because in the beginning of the film, they're told that you know Stephen Hawking only has two years to live, and Jane, who's his wife, is like you know we can do this. I want to spend as much time with you as I can, and he ends up living for a lot longer. And so it's kind of a blessing and a curse because, you know, she gets to be with her husband, but she also has to, you know, take care of him and provide for him. And it's so beautiful to see that even in the most trying of times, they're still so in love. Sounds like it. And what do you think was the scene in this whole film that made you think, oh, that's Stephen Hawking. That's him. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I guess definitely as the disease progresses and you can start really seeing um, how, like, the physical aspect is taking over. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes that sort of shows that is when um, his wife gets him a uh, electric wheelchair because he can't really wheel himself around because his arms don't work anymore. And so I think it's super, super cute because he gets his electric wheelchair and his kids are, like, climbing all over it and he's, like, driving around and, like, running into stuff and, like, knocking stuff over on purpose, like, being all funny for them. And so, you know, you can see that he's really trying to show his kids that he's okay. But then on the other, like, end of the spectrum, his wife is having to, like, deal with this whole mess and having to deal with his kids being crazy because Stephen is really trying to be, like, the fun parent. And it leaves Jane with all of the responsibilities. So I think you could really see that he's, you know, really funny and lighthearted, but he also does have this disease. Sounds like an amazing scene. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley. And today we're talking about the films The Theory of Everything, the 2014 AFI Fest, Gordon Mayer Gibbons, Life on Normal Street, and the Gina Davis event. Right now I was talking with Raven on how... Eddie Redman takes this, um, the character Stephen Hawking's and transforms it into an amazing performance. Same thing with Felicity Jones on the relationship. So it sounds like a great film. So Raven, I mentioned how much I adore biography films. What do you makes a good biography film in, to be portrayed in the film? I think if it really stays true to the actual events that happened um because i mean i know obviously they're going to throw in a little bit of creative license because you know it's a movie but i think if they stay true to sort of the timeline and the important events that happened and also the personality of um the characters and i really think that they captured the personality of Stephen and jane and i really think they captured the important events so um you know all of his accomplishments and their children and um the challenges in their relationship, I really think they captured everything that sort of shows a different side of him. Um, because, like I said, it really focuses on the personal aspect. Totally agree. I, I, I totally agree with you there. Because it is based off a true story. And, of course, there are some points in the movie where they're going to have to romanticize it a bit. And hmm. that's what makes it even amazing. Because it's films like Captain Phillips, which I adore is sometimes you don't even know what happened in that moment, so they just have to get very talented writers and actors and directors mm-hmm. to create a scene that sometimes are totally improvised, but it makes, but with the atmosphere they create, it makes it almost real. 
absolutely well and something i mean i was so like excited for this film and anticipating it to come out and so i of course watched like all of the little like snippets and special features i could and i was watching an interview with the director and he was saying that when he showed the film to steven and his wife he was so nervous about what they were going to say and when when it was done um he said that steven was so happy with it and and just was so proud of it and said that it completely did his life justice so i think that's also very important is if the person who the film is about is still alive and they're able to be like yes this is correct then that's how you know it's good that could be a scary thing for a filmmaker to do he's still alive so he could say whether he loved it or hated it so that could mm-hmm. be a very nerve-wracking experience and another interesting thing is in the movie um when Eddie Redmayne is quote-unquote talking through um the machine that actually is Stephen Hawking's voice. So they actually gave him a bunch of lines to sort of type out on his little machine um, for the movie. So I think that's kind of fun. It's because it actually is like the real Stephen Hawking's voice kind of machine thing in the movie. That's really cool. Fun fact there. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the age range for this film is? Um, I think that's a little bit of a tough one because it really is not inappropriate. You know, there's no sexual situations or inappropriate language or violence or anything of that nature. But it also is a biography of one of the most brilliant people ever. Um, And there definitely is a lot of romance. So I think I'd say probably 13 up. It is rated PG-13, but I'd probably say like 12 to 13 and up. Um, Because it is a bit mature in the sense that uh, it does cover sort of some mature topics of science and also relationships. So I think younger kids might um, be a little bit confused or maybe bored through that. Um, but if you have a mature 12-year-old, definitely have them check this out. <laughs> and if people who are just interested in... Sorry, let me just try to see my four my words. <laughs> do you feel like this the audience for the film is only for people who are interested in science, or do you feel like anybody who's interested in just anything historical could enjoy this film. You don't even have to be interested in Stephen Hawking to see this movie because this movie is so, it's just, it's so much more than just about this person. It's about love and it's about life and it's about really appreciating what you have. And so if you are like not a science person at all, don't even worry about it because this movie is, like I said, more personal than um, scientific. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much, Raven, for talking about the theme of everything. I am going to check out this film. Yes, you have to. <laughs> this film is out in theaters, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies? Stars and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. 
Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We have with us right now Jaylene, and we're going to be talking about the Gina Davis event. So Jaylene, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I am doing very well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Gina Davis event? So the Gina Davis event was basically a salon that, um, which, a salon that had um, a lot of different panelists, which were all in the media, you know, they're either um, executives of something or creators of something, so, and they all just sat down and talked about gender equality in the media, how important it is, and why it's important. They shared all their stories, and it was so cool because they all came from different places, and they all had different stories to tell about what got them there. Mm -hmm. And Gina Davis created this event, and she also created the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in the Media, which I think is really cool. And so basically the event was sponsored by that, and it was just really awesome to be there. I met a lot of cool people. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me about some of the people that you met. Um, Some of the people that I met was... um, Jeannie Snyder Ehrman, which was, she was the creator of uh, uh, Jane the Virgin. Have you seen that show? I have not seen it, but I see so many previews for it, and like, it looks I really, really funny. love that show. Is it good? And so when I saw her, I was like, I was like, oh my god. And so I went up and I introduced myself, and I told her that I love her show, and she was like, oh my god, that makes me so happy. <laughs> that that girls watch the show with my mom, and of course my mom was standing right next to me. She was like, oh yeah, we watch it all the time, and it was awesome. And then my mom loves this show, Orange is the New Black. And the oh, girl, but, oh, I yes. love that show. Yes. So the executive producer was there, Sarah Hess. Oh my and gosh. so it was awesome to see all these people. And uh, Kenya Barris, Kenya Barris is the creator of Blackish. Mm-hmm. And there was many different people. Uh, Chris Lee, the, the Doc McStuffins, which was really cool. She was she had good stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely think that this is really, really. I did not know that the Gina Davis Institute of Gender. Um, and media was a thing, but I think that's really, really incredible, um, because, like, gender equality in media is something that I think is often very overlooked, but I think now we, as sort of a culture and as a society, we're really kind of realizing that we have a lot of faults in, um, you know, gender and sexism in media and kind of just in general, and I think it's really cool that now we're addressing it and hopefully we can make a lot of changes. Um, But what were some of the points that were talked about at this panel um, about things that are issues and what we can do to sort of make a difference? Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Some of the points that were discussed, well, especially one of them was, um, I remember Gina, Gina was like, um, for the writers, the writers really, they, they write male dominantly. Mm-hmm. And if you look on TV, it's true. Like, if you see, you'll see more males than females. Actually. Yeah. So That's why I love Orange is the New Black, because it's exactly. all women, and they're all, yes. uh, I love it. Anyway, continue. And that's what she was talking about. Yeah, she was like, she was like, 
she had uh, an, a reporter come up to her and tell her that, uh, why isn't there any males on the show? And she was like, uh, what? Like, it's a female show. Yeah. But, um, when, oh yeah, so then they, the, so Gina was like, she was telling the writers, you know, what you should do is, after you're done writing a script, all you should do is go in the script and change all the names half of the names to girl names. So you have a half boys and half girls. And then it'll probably be a more interesting script because now you have girls saying, probably what guys would say, but they're girls <laughs> saying it. So it makes a difference. Um, and another thing that they were talking about, there was the Supreme um, Su Supreme Court Justice, Elaine Moore, she was there, and she was talking to, um, more politics about it, which I thought was really cool. And um, she was saying how she sees a lot of cases like this, and she says that the Hollywood is always a step back from mm -hmm. what we are now. And so I agree now, you know, <laughs> we are, yeah, it's so true. Once you think about it, it's really true. Like, you see it, but you don't really notice it until, yeah. you, you're, until you, something like this comes up, and then you can actually, actually see it, and you notice it, and then you're like, wow, that makes such a difference. Because... Mm -hmm. um, she was saying, she was giving examples of uh, cases, and then you'd see them on TV, like, like months later, years later. Mm -hmm. And I think that was super important, and I really hope that this changes. I mean, it would be so great. And it, it's actually, it's actually, I see it changing. Jane the Virgin is a very diverse show, and there's probably a lot, there's a lot of females on that show. Mm -hmm. Same with Doc McStuffins. Chris Nee, her main goal was to have a show that both girls and guys watch. She didn't... You know how kids, they'll say, no, that's a guy oh, show. that's a girl no, show. That's, that's a, a guy show. show, yeah. She wanted her show to be both. And she was so happy when a little boy came up to her and was like, um, Chris, um, is... is can, can guys be doctors too? Oh, and I thought that was the cutest thing ever because it's like, you know, like, because the, on the show, the girl is a doctor. Yeah. So, it's so cute to hear stuff like that. So cute. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raymond Devaney, and today we've been talking about the theory of everything, the Gina Davis event, Gortemar Gibbons, Life on Normal Street, the Song of the Sea, and the American Institute Film Festival. So right now we have with us Jaylene, and she's telling me all about the Gina Davis um, event, which was a very cool event um, that was held with a panel of women in the media talking about gender um, equality in media, which I think is a very, very important topic. And as you mentioned earlier, Hollywood and, you know, um, movies and TV shows are always, like, a step behind, and I think that is very true. And if you think about it, um, you know, when you see movies that come out, they've been working on those movies for years, and so it makes sense that they kind of have ideals in them from years ago. But I think we've kind of gotten almost, like, numb to the fact like, as a whole, we've kind of gotten numb to the fact that there is gender inequality in films because we're so used to it. So I think it is very, very important that these women and um, the Gina Davis Institute of Gender and Media, they're speaking out and they're trying to make change. And I think that's very, very powerful. Um, so as you said, there was a panel of women sharing stories. So what was some of, you know, the funniest stories or the most inspirational stories that you've heard? Okay, well, uh, one of the best stories I heard was Chris Nee, the creator of Doc McStuffins, she told the story how some the, the media is so um, cautious about their image, 
and they don't want to seem like they're stereotyping anything. And so one day, like, she wanted to name a simple frog, you know, a Pablo, you know, and, you know, cute, give it a little, a little diversity. And they said, no, that's too stereotypical. And so instead of fighting because put a fight, like, why would you put a fight over a name? She's yeah. just like, oh, all right. I'm just it's not worth it. Yeah, she ended up naming him Peter. And that's exactly the opposite of diversity and trying to make a show diverse. And so she was saying how, yeah, the media influences so much and how sometimes it's not even worth it to pick a fight because they will, like, stop it. And what's funny about that is they're like, no, 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 we can't stereotype anything or we can't do anything that someone would think is, like, not okay. But then here they are subconsciously stereotyping so much stuff. And it's like they don't even realize that they're stereotyping these huge things, yet something as simple as a a children's character's name, you know, is something to throw a fuss about. So I think it's choosy and picky. Um, so what do you think that we can do as a society to make change with gender inequality in media? Um, because, I mean, most of us are film executives and screenwriters. So yeah. do they say anything that the general public could do? They said um, it's really important to educate young girls at a young age, and that's why they're doing this. They want the TV to be uh, a way to educate, to see to, sh- to show kids that you know, we have gender equality. So if you start talking to your kids young and start showing them about um, stuff that it's, it's stuff can be equal. Like if a girl can see it, she can be it. And no one can tell her that she can't do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super important. Like let kids know that, that there's no dominant or anything like that. Yeah, it's all it's all equal. I think something that's very interesting is because there's been a lot of like stuff in the in the media recently, not necessarily in movies or TV shows or anything, but in the news about like feminism and all that stuff. And a lot yes. of like common yeah. misconception is that feminists and feminism they're all for like oh girls taking over, but it's really not. It really is gender equality and making sure that both sexes are equal and fairly treated. Because there are a lot of situations where um, men are like, oh, you're men, so you don't understand, and blah, blah, blah. So I think it's very important to understand that gender equality is not just for women, and it's for everyone. And so, you know, men should get on board with that, too. Um, yeah, I agree, totally. So, in the panel, what were some other things that you heard that sort of inspired you, or maybe um, or something that you weren't necessarily sure of? Um, I, I think... Another thing that really inspired me was um, Jeannie Snyder's uh, story. She told, she said that she was, she never noticed gender um, inequality. Inequality. Yeah, she never noticed gender inequality until she was watching TV with her daughter. And that's when it really hit her. She was like, hey, wait, wait a minute. For the past couple of shows, it's all been guys. What's, mm-hmm. what's up with this? Like, and And then she was like, that she wanted a show that wasn't like that. She wanted to show <coughs> and she wanted to show <coughs> she can make the girl a lead and make everything about the show about the girl. Mm-hmm. And she did. And Jane the Virgin is a great example of that. It's a Hispanic family, and it's a girl that 
<laughs> goes to college, and it's it's something a lot of people can relate to. Not the part where she gets accidentally pregnant, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I definitely want to check out that show. And you know, thank you so much for telling me all about this event because it sounds you know some like something that's very important. And I think it's really amazing that we have this team of really wonderful women working on this. Um, so, guys, you should go to cj.org <coughs> or about the Gina Davis Institute of Gender and Media. And definitely, when you're watching TV, look to see if you notice any stereotypes like that or if you notice anything. Um, so, thank you, Jaylene, again so much for telling us all about this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devani, from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, you are Real tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kim Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Today, we were just talking about the Tina Davis event and the movie, The Theory of Everything. 
We'll also be talking about 2014 AFI Fest and the Song of the Sea. Right now, I'm talking to my good friend Jerry on Cordemir Gibbons Life on Normal Street. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. Well, fantastic. So, can you tell us a bit about this show, Cordemir Gibbons? Of course. So, Cordemir Gibbons Life on Normal Street is about a boy named Cordemir and his two completely best friends. They're kind of like siblings, they know each other so well. Mel and Ranger. They all live on the street, not on Normal Street. You know, kind of pretty much normal suburban uh, street. Uh, like at the one end, a hill at the other end. Not very normal. But here's the thing. If you actually look closely at the people who live on it, it's anything but normal. This is kind of their adventures as normal kids on this nothing but normal street. And it's hilarious. It's wonderful. It's fantastic stories, fantastic messages, and honestly, for Amazon's very first kids show, they did wonderful. And this is also the first um, Amazon Live, so um, can you talk about the first production of Amazon Live? Well, this is not their first production. Um, this is their first kids show, and pretty much how it works is that you can go to Amazon.com and you can buy it like any other item on Amazon. And the cool thing is, I believe, is that you can actually, they said that they want to do the whole series um, kind of streaming at once. So you don't have to wait every week or every day for it to come out. And then you can just buy the series, watch the entire series, and be happy. Fantastic. So if you want to check out the show, check it out on Amazon Prime. By the way, I have to do this. I have to give a shout out to my friend Sloan. Who plays Cordonera? He works my he worked in my LA Connection Comedy Club Theater. So <coughs> good for you, Sloan. Great job getting the show. So um, with that with that said, what did you think about the acting in this film? Sorry, acting in this show. Excuse me. Whew. You know, acting was very nice. They definitely played the emotions very well, and especially your friend Sloan had to play some play some pretty hard emotions when he's doing some pretty weird stuff. But he did very well and. They just all did so wonderful. And the cool thing is is that kind of three first episodes were kind of about each one. Specifically, like the first one was about Gordimer. The second one was about, I believe it was Mel. And the third one was kind of about Ranger. So it was kind of cool how they did that. And um, all the kids did wonderful. And they also have like a fourth character every episode kind of helping with the story. Which I thought was a fantastic idea. And it was just... Just flowed very nicely. That's good. And this is aimed for kids. So, what do you think kids could relate to? Maybe a life on Normal Street? Well, again, it's a very normal suburban street. You know, there's houses with kids playing and kind of the summer area. And it's just really interesting because usually there's something special about it. This is really a normal street at first. And then you see it's really special because there's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on. And I think kids really can relate to it because there's stuff like your little brothers being annoying, you're spending time with your friends, you're being super competitive to be the smartest kid in class at a science fair, and you need to win the sprays, and there's this kid that's very unlucky but you, and you don't want to be around him. And yeah. so there's a lot of things kids can relate to, and... Instead of all this magical stuff that's going on, it's pretty much three kids having fun during the summer. That's really it. That sounds fun. 
sorry, voice card. That sounds fun. So can you also talk about the Amazon event you went to? Um, like what kind of people you met? Of course. So the Amazon event I went to was very fun. It was probably Amazon's one of their first red carpets for uh, shows, and it was very fun. And so I just have to say, this is not the last one. They're already at the event. There are like three other shows they mentioned that were kid shows. So if you're a kid and you like Gordon Gibbons Life on Normal Street so far because it is actually out right now, then you will be happy because there's like three or four more shows that are going to be released earlier next year. So stay tuned. And I did actually get to talk to your friends alone. Oh, cool. And he was very nice. He looked very nice. And um, it was just a really fun event. And then, of course, they people walked into the screen and got to see the first three episodes. And it was just wonderful. Sounds great. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blake Split. And today we were talking about the films, The Theory of Everything, the Gina Davis event, and we're also going to be talking about the 2014 AFI Fest and Song of the Sea. Right now, I was talking with Jerry on Gordon McGibbon's Life on Normal Street and how this is Amazon's first kid show on Amazon Prime. So he just was talking about the red carpet event and there's going to be more shows on the way. So, Jerry, can you talk about those new shows that you were just talking about? Sure, yeah. So the new shows, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, I really don't want to talk about the story because I want people to kind of get excited about them. Okay. But um, I talked to a couple of the stars, and it looks pretty wonderful. And, you know, what I like is kind of they're making it kind of well-rounded. Like, one of the shows kind of look like it's more kind of soap drama, kind of more romantic instead of Gordon Gibbons, which would kind of be nice um, for people that kind of like those type of shows. So it is really nice because... They're kind of focusing on one, like, genre for each show. So if you don't like this, you don't have to see this. And if you like this, you can see this show. Just so because variety. that's smart of them. And do you know the names of these shows that we can look forward to? Uh, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Sorry. No problem. But they sound like great shows. And it sounds like Amazon gave a variety of different kinds of shows for kids. And that's, that's always great to see. If you don't like that show... Go to this one, and that's great that they're able to branch out to different audiences of eight of different ages. Yeah, it is very true. So, what would you think about back to Gordon Gibbons? What would you say that's your favorite scene in any of the episodes you've seen? Well, um, you know, I think my favorite scene is in one of the episodes, kind of focusing on Mel. She's a very brainiac, kind of puzzle-solving type of girl. And um, it, her, it's mainly about her. She's trying to win a science fair, and she built this robot. And my favorite scene is pretty much when she's showing her friends, Gordimer and Ranger, the robot. And she's kind of like, and we finish each other, and then the robot says sentences. So it's kind of funny because she kind of programmed the robot to be like her complete best friend and finish each other's sentences. And then... Ranger was like, okay, let's play a game. And Mel tried to stop um, the robot, but the robot refused. So they played chess and Ranger won. And pretty much the robot kind of flipped the board over. And Mel said, well, he's ambitious. And the robot <laughs> said, I am ambitious. 
<laughs> I only made a baking soda volcano when there was when in a science fair and a robot. So this is kind of a kid's is this is kids' imaginations pretty much. I mean, it seems like kind of a fictional kind of atmosphere, but this is pretty much children's imaginations coming alive pretty much, right? Yeah, it's pretty much like uh, what a 10 or 11 or 12-year-old thinks when they see something weird going around, what they see in their head. Like one episode when there's a very unlucky kid, like they imagine, like, there's this thing that causes all the bad luck. If you turn it, someone else will get the bad luck, which of course is not real in real life, but they made it real because it's something a kid will think. And another episode of Lion Lady got blind because of this magical frog. Something a kid will think, obviously not real in real life, sorry if you're dreaming about a magical frog. But, um, it, that's what kids will think. So I think really the show's about kids' imagination coming to real life, and that's pretty much their adventures. So it's really fun. Sounds like a show full of imagination, hilarity, and... Just an all-around great kid show. So, I can't wait to check it out. Thank you very much, Jay, for talking about <coughs> the events. And also, the event. Of course. Thank you so much for talking to me. Be sure to check out these shows on Amazon Prime. They're, they're on there. And also, check out the shows Table 58 and Just Add Magic. So, check out those shows. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Blake Sleep, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. person and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet but are you doing enough we've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green mario jr is the host of alive and green the show is all about green tips staying environmentally friendly and having fun while doing something great for our mother earth you'll want to check out the show tuesdays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if we all do our part now it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Right now, we have with us Keeper. How are you doing today? Fantastic, thank you very much. Awesome. So right now we are going to be talking about the American Film Institute Festival and also Song of the Sea. So Kiefer, you went to the American Film Institute Festival and I'm so jealous because that seems like the coolest thing ever. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the festival and all of the cool things and people you saw? Well, this film festival allowed... It's pretty much a film festival to the public. So So if you are a film lover... This is the place to go because there's conversation panels with emerging artists and different kind of filmmakers, both 
independent and foreign filmmakers, be able to go to um, showcases where they talk about new technologies in film, and by far the largest array of variety of sorry, the largest variety of film I've ever seen in my life. There was only one film critic and so many films at this festival, I couldn't choose any of them. So I I checked out a lot of conversation panels and also so many different kind of films, which was tiring. I saw like three films in like one day. And mm-hmm. So I pretty much beat the record of um, Gene Siskel. <laughs> wow, I can imagine that that's like crazy. I know even going to the Boulder Film Festival, which is like a very small film festival in comparison, um, like having to choose which films to go to and seeing like two films like back to back is crazy. Um, So I think that's really amazing that you went to such a big film festival. Um, So talk to me a little bit about the people that you met and the people that you got to talk to. First of all, I need to thank all the people who helped out this event, security, the staff, the AFI members, the people who are part of this project really made this event insane, so I had to thank them so much for making this event amazing. Well, there was a Sophia Loren tribute. Yes, she was the honoree of this year's festival. Yes, and she was fantastic. Uh, I did not get to interview her, but uh, I did get to interview a... The direct one of the directors and writers of Still Alice, which is a Julian Moore film about um, a woman going through Alzheimer's disease. And oh, wow. oh my gosh, it was a great event because I when we I it was a long event, and I went there and here comes um, Wash Westmoreland, one of the directors and writers, and he is pushing down the second director and writer, which was uh, Richard Glaser, and he has um, ALS. Gayer's disease. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was, in, he was unable to walk. So he was in his wheelchair, and, and um, Wash was um, pushing him down the red carpet. And I got to interview um, Wash with one question. I, well, sorry, two questions. And I asked him, "What was the scene that ma- that really saw um, that really touched you in, in this film?" And he says that there was a part where uh, Julie Moore talks to the old time in this community. And a lot of the actors in there had Alzheimer's disease, and by the first take, everyone was in tears. So, and oh, he, wow. he really was passionate about the film, and it, it's a great film. I, I checked, I, I was one of the other films I checked out, and also I saw films like Mr. Turner, <coughs> which is about J.W. Um, Turner, who was an English painter. I saw um, foreign films like Heroes. I mean, there was just so many films, it's just so little time. Mm hmm. Um, so, can you talk to me a little bit about the atmosphere of this film festival? Because I know you were saying it's more for the public. So, how did it differ from other film festivals that maybe you've been to or that you've seen on television? Well, it feels different because a lot of the people there were filmmakers, and a lot of, and they loved film. And when I, I most of the time when I was standing in line to go check out a film, I was found myself meeting a bunch of people love film and it was nice because I was able to talk to them because I can talk forever about film and <laughs> yes you know, you know. <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> that's a good thing that's important in this business <laughs> it was a great experience with the people I met and the atmosphere was just very accepting atmosphere because you didn't have to be this prestigious like high ranking person to go see this film you didn't have to be you know what you have to be the editor of Huffington Post to be able to come into uh, no, no 
So people in here were just people who wanted to have want to see a good film, whether they were filmmakers or they just wanted to see a film. I think that's very important too, though, because when filmmakers are making these films, they're making them for you know the the typical you know guy on the street. They're making them for the public so I think that's really really cool that I just incorporated you know your average person because that's really who most of these films are for you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network I'm your host Raven Devaney and today we have been talking about the theory of everything the Gina Davis event Gordimer Gibbons life on normal street and right now we are talking with Kiefer about the American Film Institute Festival and I know you definitely wanted to talk about the film Song of the Sea which I believe you saw at the festival um, so why don't you talk Tell us a little bit about this film. The Song of the Sea was a film done in Ireland. It's a hand-drawn animated film. I will emphasize hand-drawn because wow. it's the animation. It's amazing. And it is, it brings back the folklore that I feel like some films are missing. Mm-hmm. It's about this bo- um, a boy and a girl who lost their mother and the only thing you need to know about this film is there is a mythical creature called Silkies. It's an island. It's an island um, a mythical creature that is a human that's able to turn into a seal. So the mother's gone, and the father's gr- uh, grief is uh, because of the father's grief. He sends them away to he sends the two children away to his to his mother, and that's all you really need to know. And it's pretty much the journey to try to get back home to the father. But that's all you really need to know because it's a because if I tell you more, it's pretty much just going to give away everything else. Because mm-hmm. it is about the journey. It's a, it's a, it is a, it's an adventurous film, and it's something that families, kids, kids really enjoy. And that's what the director Tom Moore wanted was for kids and adults to really enjoy this folklore. Wow, I'm looking at the IMDb page right now, and the the animation looks just incredible. It looks so beautiful, and I really love that hand-drawn feel, honestly, because, I mean, I think it's incredible what we're able to do with animation and the technology that we have. I think it's really, you know, a testament to how far we've come in the film industry, but I really miss, like, the hand-drawn personal feel that a lot of older animations, you know, used to have, and so I think that's really cool. Um, And also, I think this is awesome because I remember being really, really, really little and watching a live-action movie about um, this, you know, sort of Irish folklore with the silkies and whatnot, and I remember, I don't even remember what the movie was called or really much that happened in it, because I think I was, like, four years old, but I just remember, like, the whole gist of the story and just absolutely loving that film, so I think it's really cool that this is now, you know, a children's film, because I don't think it was when I watched it. So can you talk to me a little bit about why this film stood out to you so much? Because, you, like you said, you saw tons of movies. It stood out to me because, one, after the film, we had a conversation with the director, like most of these films we saw, and that's another thing about this film festival, after the film, you get to talk to the filmmakers, and I really felt this personal connection with the audience members and the filmmakers, which is a very genuine experience. But what really stood out to me is it brought, Tom Moore brought back an element that I adore because when you really look at film, a lot of the stuff that really, that, that kids miss is fairy tales. I remember, I remember the Knights in Shining Armor. I remember the princess, princess, damsel in distresses, all, all that stuff. And he brought that back, not of course princesses and all that, but he brought back this very, 
timeless um, storytelling that was very genuine because these characters were based off um, the stories we've told and most of the stuff you see like there's an island about that looks like a giant like looks like a stone giant that's actually a real place most of this place are real places on an island and it, it was really a passionate storytelling about these characters and it really got you into the culture it got you into this very <coughs> genuine timeless folklore that will I hopefully will be more popular and for more families to see so that's what really stood out to me yeah I definitely miss like as I said you know the classic hand-drawn animation but also like the, the folklore which is where all storytelling essentially came from and yeah. if you look at films it's really at just stories. glorified storytelling so yeah agreed Mm-hmm. Um, so what rating would you give this film? Like, how many stars and what age rating? I'll give it five out of five stars, of course. And this is open to a lot of, to a, to all kids and adults. I, that's not telling you too much. But if I had to pick one, of course, it would be four to adulthood. I mean, a fourth to 18 for kids because it, it does have the great animation, beautiful visuals, and wonderful culture in this film, uh, culture in this film, and even adults can enjoy it, because adults can come back to when they were kids, and they were told the stories of Cinderella, dragons, or just magic in the air, and actually a lot of this really reminded me of Spirited Away, which is a Hayao Miyazaki film, and Tom Moore even said in the conversation, he really, he tried to, yeah, it was a great film. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for telling us all about the film festival and this movie. It sounds like an amazing experience. Um, So thank you so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure speaking with you on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. You can also find out how to be a part of the Kids First family and check out our blog on the Huffington Post. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions, produced by Kidstar, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Are Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish.
Wisp Pops from the Kidstar album of the month. 